0: This is a flat squirrel tale, which may not be about collecting, but then again may, about a hirsute man who came from the law and drank Mountain Dew. It tells of his twilight, when the great sales were over and the great cycle sheets long since counted, of how his customers failed him, and of that final night in the empty space beneath the fluorescent lights, of the friends he loved and the gift he gave them, of how he made good on his most frequent threat and how finally all the clutter his crew complained of was no more. It ends in a Westies warehouse. It begins in a quiet suburban town, one summer evening in the quiet suburban present. Away on Central Avenue, people still sometimes glance up hopefully from their cars, glimpsing a store sign in the sky. But no. It's only a deli, only a massage parlor. Alternate realities closed one year ago. This is a flat squirrel tail, aren't they all? Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. A little over one year ago, I sat down with former alternate realities owner, Steve Odo, and the legendary Bill Mayo. As we bid alternate realities a fond and emotional farewell, we recorded until about midnight in a mostly empty alternate realities, just a few days before the store officially, officially closed. And now, a little over one year later, we're back to answer the question, Whatever Happened to the Man Behind the Counter. So please welcome back to the show, Steve Odo and Bill Mayo.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: This is a special episode. We are recording in a new location. We are recording at my apartment. And the reason was, it just, you know, for most of these episodes this season, I've been recording at uh, Spider's Web and Yonkers, Oh Yeah Comics in Harrison, Undiscovered Realm and hartsdale But it just, it didn't feel right to do this in another comic book store it felt like we had to do it someplace else could have broken into alternate i
1: saw the key (laughs) there we go (laughs) (laughs) that would have been fun so steve what have you been up to wow a year in review um let's see where do i start the the last day of the store was tuesday the 30th uh, june 30th and i don't know if you remember but uh when we closed up we went all went out to uh, pizza and brew. It was amazing. You of know? course, I remember. Um, it was, was a it? select it was, crew. There was Carolyn. There was Drew. You Metalhead. Know? Metalhead. And uh, I think and it. Mike Capolino. Oh, one twenty two. Yeah, Mike Capolino, who never came out with us for dinner and all that. And I guess when I look back on that one night, because it was just it was a lot of laughing and a good time. It was and a I, good send off. And at the end, you know, I thought to myself, there was that episode of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, the final episode, where um, Picard, what he came, came in to play poker with his uh, with his uh, uh, senior officers, who uh, I guess they met regularly, played poker, but he never joined them. And, you know, he's looking at this crew, and uh, he said, I, I, I should have done this sooner. And I think uh, one of the others said, you're always welcome. And that's why I thought, you know, with Mike Capolino, because he had a very good time. And, you know, here we are at the end, and he had missed all those opportunities to join us, because he was always invited. But, uh... That was the send-off for the store. Then that was at the 30th. Then it was Wednesday the 1st. I decided I'll take one day off after 23 years. So I took the day off and did nothing. And then on the 2nd, I went into the Westy's warehouse where we have two rooms of 23 years of inventory. And uh, started going through them box by box. Are you going
0: to go day by day over the last year? <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I, was, but I was going through the comic boxes one at a time alphanumeric alpha order for everything. I have a rough idea what's there and you know and again for me the fun is going through these boxes and saying wow look at all this great stuff we have which I know I was always criticized because uh, I never knew where it was but I knew it was in the 1500 square feet of this in the store. But uh, to to come out and say wow look at all this great silver age bronze age uh, full runs of this or mini series and uh, I, I guess that's the collector in me. I just love seeing this stuff and putting it together and putting it in some sort of order. Um, and then gradually I started putting stuff on eBay. Uh, I was very slow at first. I think what I basically learned was I would put up maybe a dozen items. And then I'd sit there and I'd wait for them to sell. And I realized I can't do that. It would sell, but it would take time. So now, now I'm, I've am i got about hundred and close to 200 items up there now. If people want to find any of your eBay auctions, where should they look? Well, I've been putting it up under my own eBay account, uh, under Super Odo. But uh, for tax reasons, I have to start using the Alternate Realities eBay account.
0: Bill, is, give him the password back. That's why he's not using Alternate Realities. He doesn't right? have is, it. Is it
1: me? It's Alternate-Realities is the, is the, uh, right. the eBay yeah. account. And I know I've got the password someplace. Um, I tried to heck in at one point. I can't get in. Yeah. I but mean, they don't
0: have the thing where you can just reset it?
1: I probably do, but it's like I, I this takes work.
0: <laughs> it takes like two seconds. You <laughs> click "forgot your password," and yeah. they email you a thing to reset it instantaneously.
1: Oh. But you know, the eventual goal is to put a couple thousand items up there. And any it's it's worked out well because every morning you wake up, and um, you found out that you, you know you look and, and you see that oh, I sold this, I sold that, so I just pack it up, and then um, you know, hop in the car drive over to the post office, drop it off. And you know, people say, well, it's not worth doing it for one you know, one item to go to the post office. But really, I was going to be going that way anyway.
0: Well, I, I know. Well, there was one thing that you posted on Facebook that you sold. It was a it was a magazine, right, that you sold for a dollar?
1: Oh, well, you know, over the years, you buy tons of stuff. And you're buying, say, a, a milk crate worth of junk because you want only a handful of stuff that's in there. And then you look in the bottom, and there's some Sports Illustrated. There's a Newsweek magazine. It's, it's all kinds of junk which normally I guess you throw into a recycling box. But uh, at the same time, you say, well, this is from 1980 or whatever. So it has to have some sort of interest or value. And it's, what surprised me is that the things that I would have thought was junk, I know you guys always thought it was junk, but even I would have said it was junk. It turned out to be an overnight sale. I, I, I look at it and say it's like finding a dollar bill on the floor. And if I could do that 30 times a day, I'd, I'd pick up every time. So it's like, why not? Is that or throw it away? But, you know, even if you throw, if it's a quarter, you pick you pick it up. And even with the fees and whatever, it's...
0: Well, that was my point, I guess. And I know we, we discussed this when we had lunch recently. But, you know, if you're selling something for a dollar, by the time you're done with the eBay fees, the PayPal fees, the gas to go to the post office, you know.
1: Again, you know, the, the, the cardboard backing to, so that uh, it doesn't get damaged is old cardboard that I cut up from the diamond packages. Um, I'm going to the post office in that direction anyway. Uh, what do I pay for? Scotch tape? And an envelope, even the wrapping paper that I wrap—I wrap magazines in so it doesn't get, uh, doesn't get damaged. That's all free. And you know, in in your defense, the item finds a new
0: home. Is that an element at all for you in this process of?
1: Oh, it always has been. Even yeah. in the store, you know, because I—I I don't know if you remember, I would not sell things to people who didn't deserve it. Yes, yeah, so I remember. <laughs> you know, there are times. Uh, I mean, you run run into that on uh, on eBay also. You know you there's a what do we put up there i put up a statue i think it was um i think it sells for about 100 or 125 dollars and everybody else who has it is selling it for in that 125 to 175 dollar range so again for me it's all paid for and i may as well just get rid of it so i put it up for 99 dollars, and uh i get an offer from somebody for 70 dollars shipped and i said well gee and everybody else is selling it for for this i think my price is pretty fair So then he offers $80 shipped. And that's when I discovered the guy's from Singapore. So the shipping would have cost $65. That pissed me off. Because that's when you say, well, I I just just smash it up and just mail it to him for free. (laughs) Here's your statue. But um, so you run into that. So there's still that irritation. You know, again, the store, you had 99% of the people who were good people that you enjoyed seeing. And then they would, you know, come in, buy their stuff. And then you always had that one guy who just irritated you so much. They said, I'm shutting down the store. And then eventually you did. Yeah. Bill, have
0: you bought anything from Super Odo?
2: Well, yeah, but he wouldn't let me pay for it. And so uh, early on, you had uh, the Batman animated figures. And oh, yeah, that's right. The original ones. I know. And I've always wanted a Poison Ivy, always. And uh, he put it up, and I th- and I won it. Mint then, on card. Well, let me just tell you something. I don't want to upset you. Something happened. <laughs> <laughs> something happened? Yeah. He gives it to me yesterday. We're at his house, and he's like, well, just if you open this, don't tell me you opened it because I told him I was going to rip it open. And it wasn't me. I swear to God, I didn't open that thing. But Logan tore it open this morning. <laughs> he saw it and he's like, Is this for me? Before I can even say oh, no. Putting this. the blame on yeah. five year old son. Yes,
1: right. But I, I, it was great to play with, let me tell you. Because okay. <laughs> you know, when you told me you're going to open it, I thought to myself, Well, I'm just going to get you a loose one. But it's great. Yeah. I wanted to support you. Is it really was, what it, what it, it was. It was mint
2: on card. I know. Well, now it's no longer.
1: Well, I guess. So those of us who still have mint on card ones, it's, the Logan. value is a little bit more little now. Bit more. <laughs> Logan
2: says thanks. Okay.
0: Can you? Do you have any idea of how many items you've sold
1: since okay. last July? Not, roughly,
0: uh, Like, I mean the thousands at this point, or
1: 500, 8, maybe five hundred, maybe a little bit. A bit That's more. pretty impressive, actually. Because I, yeah, I, yeah. I kept the uh, the the what is it? The mailing slips. You know, when you print out the the postage, it comes in two halves. You cut it, and one is a label, and the other one's just the record of it. So I just write down how much I made on it, and just uh, put it put it in a pile. But uh, it's about the size. I guess it's about the the height of a, a ream of paper, which is about 500 sheets. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's tough because you know some of them might be two dollar, five dollar, ten dollar items. Others it might be a couple hundred dollars. So well, why don't you talk about that a little? So you talked
2: about your you know, selling some of these magazines and different things like that. Do you think the collector in you prohibits you from selling some of the bigger items, some of the more exciting superhero-related stuff, some statues, toys?
1: I don't know what's keeping me from doing it because I know I've got stuff that will sell very quickly and make a lot of money. But it's I guess it's not a money thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, keeping me busy, and I'm enjoying going through each one.
0: So is that the thing? So the things that you haven't sold yet, it's because you do have an attachment?
1: It's, I guess what it is is... I, I like it so much that even though I have my own personal copy or a figure, I can't get rid of it. It's like I'll That's I'll, interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of the stuff that I don't care about for, it. and then um, well, I, I found that box of uh, uh, it was a Kenner Superpowers from the seventies. That's right, and oh, that one was of them pretty impressive actually when one, you posted those. One was a Doctor Strange, uh, still mint on card, not Doctor Strange, a uh, Doctor Fate mint on card, and I remember having. I know I've got a loose one, and I also have a carded one this perfect mint on card. But I just couldn't bring myself to sell this extra one that I had. Um, I found
0: a dealer. I talked about this on the last episode, but I found a dealer at San Diego Comic-Con, booth 921, Jay's uh-huh. Junk. And he had a bunch of old action figures, including a, a good amount of the Superpowers ones. I bought the Lex Luthor. They were uh, not in the original packaging. I think he might have had some of those earlier in the show but by the time i got there they were gone i spent a good amount of time going through those booths and i finally found it it was great and it was J- you know a, a dealer an older dealer named jay i'm like oh this is perfect i thought those guys
2: were all but uh, extinct at san diego so it's nice to know that they're still around. yes yeah. yeah
0: i was surprised too yeah to find um you know, i figured it would just be guys like mile high for example and they, they were there as well but to find you know a smaller dealer like this uh and he's an educator he kind of just does you know he sells stuff on the side is on like bizarro Bay. jay <laughs> maybe well speaking of bizarro so i also talked about this on the last episode but now that we have you here steve we can revisit it so as discussed on the last episode as posted on the facebook page i met your doppelganger a younger doppelganger at san diego comic-con his name is ben cito great guy bears an uncanny resemblance to you at least i think so what was your reaction when you saw that photo
1: well, I was shocked. I was, I was actually out to dinner with, uh, with my wife and a friend, of a, a friend of mine from elementary school. And uh, Mike Pellerito, the president of Archie, just uh, sent me the uh, message with a photo. And I looked at it, and I guess it took a second because I thought, how did he, it... was a photo of myself. <laughs> um, I mean, the kid's hair is darker, and his beard was fuller as opposed to this, what do you call it, Van Dyke that I have. Um, but I looked at the shirt, and I have that shirt. <laughs> yeah you know, it's it's a very nineteen seventies shirt actually and um so that's what kind of freaked us out at dinner and then uh later on we got your uh post where he posed like me his idea
0: by the way yeah, that was very nice of him very know? nice this dude was awesome
1: I, I i actually loved the uh the the well i guess your what is it, the post descriptions or
0: yeah so i i i can't put into words how excited i was <laughs> so you know i I always put up a caption with whatever photo I'm posting, and I really, I truly couldn't decide on one, so I put up four. And uh, one of them was I found a Steve Odo cosplayer. That, I guess, fed into my ego. The idea that someone might have seen the documentary It's <laughs> like, I want to go to Comic-Con like this guy. Obviously not the case, but, you know, it did play Possible. there a few years ago, and this is the Possible. audience for. Like, it's not beyond the realm of possibility, but obviously that wasn't the case. For a split second, I thought it was true.
2: How's that? How yeah. does that work? There you go, that there works.
0: Go. Um, what else? I said that I was starting the casting process for the My Comic Shop documentary prequel that I had always wanted to do, and that I just needed to find a young Rich Roni. Oh, one of them was that, it was a time-traveling Steve Odo.
2: Right. Also very plausible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that he was going on about how hesitation hurts. And I was like, no, no, hesitation kills would be better. <laughs> I That was
1: the best I thought. Uh,
0: oh, and the, <laughs> the other one was basically suggesting that he was your love child. Oh, from the... Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, like, did you ever spend any time... he's from San Francisco. It's like, did you ever spend any time on the West Coast in the 80s? <laughs> well, after...
1: What was it? I guess it was after husband after law school graduated in 81 i spent 81 to 82 in japan and then on my way back i stopped in um in california before coming back to new york because my roommate from yale was a medical student at the uh the stanford so uh i got in and we were going to go out but but the jet lag knocked me out and i was unconscious for the whole night as far as you so know, any, yeah anything could yeah, happen <laughs> there happened. it is there it is yeah. So uh, I think
0: he might be this kid's
1: father. Steve. <laughs> that, that he was, was, he, he was, was in the okay. area
0: during the time in question no and he has a period of time that he can't account for. It's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. But uh, So if if you if you were at Comic-Con or if you otherwise ran into this young man, I
2: hope you would have walked around with him for a while uh, (laughs) Yeah, Like what would you what
0: would you like? What would you yeah? Would you do something like that? Would you try to impart advice? Would you consider him a younger version of
1: yourself? No, I guess the the first thought that came to my mind was I could commit a crime and disappear and then they would just grab this guy (laughs) and put him in the lineup (laughs) And they would, and it's
0: amazing you go to that. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's rob it back.
1: <laughs> well, you know, let's say let's say I grabbed the uh, the most expensive comic book there, and I just ran, and then uh, you know, security might grab this kid, and the uh, the dealer would say, "Yeah, that's the guy," <laughs> and and that that it it gave me a whole different perspective about the the lineup, a police lineup, mm. and you know how many people get identified and they're the wrong guy.
0: You know how I knew that it truly was an uncanny resemblance? Because before I, I hit post, I said to myself, I'm like, someone is going to comment and be like, oh, this they don't actually look something? alike. This is yeah. racist. They're just <laughs> both Asian. <laughs> Jokingly, hopefully. But that's kind of what I, I was like. Someone's going to write this. And no one wrote it because I think they all saw what a true resemblance. The second I
2: saw it. I (laughs) (laughs)
0: That was the highlight of my convention, and I don't know if that's sad or or not, but... (laughs) I
1: I think the comment that I almost posted was, because we all look alike to you, but... uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm the one that came up with (laughs) it.
0: But uh, yeah, he was a great guy. So he has a book, it's called Usagi Jane and the Skull Bunnies, and he has a Kickstarter for it, and I promised him... We should all... uh, I promised him I would help spread the word about it, so... Anyone listening to this, if you like the show, you like Steve Odo, you like the idea that there's a doppelganger of him out there, go kick in a couple bucks to this guy's Kickstarter. He's a great guy, and it looks like it's an interesting project.
1: Did he have samples with him?
0: He did, yeah. Oh, okay. I took the flyer for his Kickstarter. I will share it with you. Okay.
1: I guess I feel obligated. Too bad <laughs> his last name is not a palindrome. It wouldn't be funny. But, <laughs> yeah. but the,
0: like, Cito, Odo, I mean, it's, it's not, pretty like close. so far apart. Well.
1: The funny thing is, like, you know, when I saw the picture and I thought about you in California, and I was thinking I can hear you laughing, just cackling about it. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. So taking it back a
0: little bit, you know, you talked <clears throat> about what you've been up to on eBay. But I kind of want to go back to those, you know, those, those really final days of the store. And I got to tell you, I shared this with you guys at dinner the other night, and I'll, I'll tell it again now. I had a dream. This was last week in, in the morning. Oh, this is the bald thing again. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it why. was such a vivid dream. Oh, but man. I was in the car on Central Avenue with Stephanie and we were stopped at the traffic light right past where the Burger King is. And a little far ahead, like one or two shopping centers before where alternate realities used to be, I looked over and I saw AR and I didn't go inside, but I could see inside perfectly. And it was mostly the same layout, like a little different. I remember thinking like, oh, the Star Wars figures don't go there. But it was still like the same general layout. And I couldn't see anybody inside, but the lights were on and there was a glass of soda like sitting on the counter and it was perspiring. And I was like, okay, like this, like someone's there. And so, but we didn't go in and we kept driving and we went to the Acropolis Plaza, home of where the former site of alternate realities. And we went in and it wasn't AR, it was All Yeah Comics. Which, as I mentioned previously, isn't isn't Harrison a new store that opened right after AR closed? And so I go in, and Mark Hammond, the guy who runs, oh yeah, he's there, he's behind the counter, and he's not too happy that Alternate Reality's just reopened <laughs> a couple shopping centers away. And I'm going nuts. I'm like, oh my god, like I can't believe the store's back. Like, did Steve do? Like, what's going on? And then Bill, you and Drew walk in. Drew Cheskin's been on the show before, former owner of the store. Bill, you're bald.
2: Yeah, I'm really upset about that. It's, you, not uh, <laughs> it's not a great
0: look. It's not a great look. You know, I uh, the fact that I've been going gray has been on my mind a little bit, yeah. so that might be where the hair <laughs> thing came in. Anyway, <laughs> so you come in with that bald dome.
2: Oh, man.
0: And I'm like, I
2: saw alternate Was it like 90s. a Ernie? like I had the hair on the front still, or completely bald?
0: I think you might had a little in the back. Oh no. A little in the back. But I'm like, like alternate realities is bad like you know I, w- I was shocked and you were like, Oh yeah, like the store's open again, very nonchalant, and I was like really getting worked up over this, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you know who who did it And you said it was will <clears throat> will Peterson, the unicorn of Connecticut, <laughs> so there's a will Peterson out there, he might be the key to this, but you know what my takeaway was. <laughs> Who knows what the future would bring and I think we've you know come to terms with the fact that alternate realities isn't here anymore but I couldn't help but feel a little bit of hope that you know maybe one day alternate realities could return in some way maybe not with Steve Odo behind the, the helming
1: the ship mm-hmm.
0: but perhaps somebody else
1: just saying <laughs> it's like law school I don't think I'd wish it on an enemy yeah. Oh, yeah? You yeah. really think so? Yeah, it's, it's so if, much worse. If one of us
0: <laughs> said, we want to like, we want to bring the store back, would you give us your blessing? Oh, sure. I'd,
1: I'd give you the stuff in the warehouse. Is but, that what this is about? Because I'm, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, it's, it's a horrible thing to wish on somebody. It's you had that one podcast from I guess last season, which again, unfortunately, I have only re- listened to the first half. Of the I want six. to talk
0: about that though because I I'm happy that you've at least listened to the ones that you have, and I do want to get you know your reaction and if there's anything you wish to respond to, please do.
1: Well, I get the 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 one I started listening to was episode seven, which is about so you want to r- open a comic book shop or something like that. I guess you know I, one of the things I actually I think Bill and I discussed this is that it's interesting to listen to those podcasts and as you hear people's recollections or the retelling of, of stories or situations and having been there you can say that's not exactly the way it happened mm, or, that's Interesting. Not a, that's not yeah. that's not exactly what that guy said and uh, uh, the the again it goes back to the whole thing about being an attorney you know when when you uh, cross-examine a witness they're convinced that they're telling exactly the truth I don't want to say lying. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're convinced of the truth of, of what they're saying, the veracity. Whereas, you know, you, it's, you get a, a different witness and a total different uh, perspective. Um, but I guess the thing about the, w- the one episode about the business thing was like I thought, even as I listened to them talking about it, I said, they just don't get it. It's like the, the corporal and the sergeant are complaining about the way the captain led the uh, attack. And it's like they have no idea what the captain's thinking of of the other information that he had. They just, they're so convinced that they're right, but they really don't know. If they were in that situation, I think it's only when they're in that situation that they suddenly realize, wow, this is harder than I thought, or, oh, now I understand why he did it that way. It's like, again, like politics. You know, it's easy to say, oh, so-and-so is a weak leader. But they have no access to any of the information to understand why do they make this decision, why make this deal, you know, why attack?
0: No. Why in fairness, I mean, a lot of us who were talking on these episodes, you know, were former owners or former employees, so it's like we, I mean, we did have some idea,
1: maybe not the Well, I mean, with f- Sa- full idea. But with San Gregorio and Phil, they're looking at it from a point of view, an of accounting, accounting view, or an investment, uh, you know, do, do we buy this oil rig or whatever it is. Um, it's it's not quite the same. Um no, granted. Yeah, you guys, you know, have worked at the store or part of. It, some of you owned it. Again, I think the the guys who owned the store, who who had actually a financial stake in it and, and saw the behind the scenes with the ordering and all this kind of stuff, they had a better sense of how, how difficult it was. I think. Well, Brandon's a good example. Yeah, Brand, Brandon knows how difficult this business is, In in all different different uh, aspects, not just the retail. But um, did you listen to Drew's episode? No, I don't, I don't think he's that far okay. yet. Okay. Only first. Drew six, had a very, six, some some so, very good things to say. Yeah, I mean, somewhere along the way, I'll I'll get to it. Yeah. It's just I only figured out how to listen to podcasts just recently. <laughs> listen, I,
0: you know, I'm glad that you've you've listened to as many as you have. And when you told me that you had listened, I mean, honestly, I didn't know what your reaction would be, but it was at least that night when you <laughs> when we were at dinner and you were telling me about it. It seemed to be generally positive. So that. Oh yeah, no, I, was great. I, I enjoy them. Has there not been anything where you've been like, oh yeah, like that might have been a good idea to do or to try, or do you still feel like you were you were kind of happy with the way you you ran everything.
1: Yeah, I know that pretty much sums it up. I, I think you know looking back, I am happy with the way I ran things. Um, I understand what some of the guys were saying about the frustration. I guess they felt that uh, that my mind wasn't complete. Well, I mean, I guess the whole what you talked about earlier about the eBay, it wasn't always about just making money and sales. It was because. I enjoy this hobby, and I love these statues, and I love these figures. I had appreciation for these old books that I would prefer them to go to a home that will appreciate them as well, not just rip open a, a carded figure. Yeah, I really apologize. I was going to keep it in the package. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> throwing poor Logan under the bus.
1: <laughs>
2: One day he's going to listen to this. <laughs> you know, I'm going to send you guys both a picture of Logan playing with it. So Yeah, well,
1: it's fine. So, no, I mean, obviously, toys are meant to be opened and played with. But it says, you know, the collector and me, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I mean, I, you know, we look around your, your apartment here, and you've got all these things open, and not that it horrifies me. You still have the boxes, right?
0: No, I tossed them. What am I going to keep them for? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have them. They're they're in the storage unit downstairs. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, we had lunch recently, and we were talking about the pops, and I, but I explained to you that they're designed to be open and taken out of the package I mean you're not compromising the integrity of the packaging by opening them and in fact if you put it back in and you you know fold that flap and you wouldn't even know it was open are
2: they not taped no
0: no so well anyway going back to the podcast I mean I think we kind of got at this when we did our finale last season but you know I think it was definitely a very interesting and emotional time for all of us and Mm -hmm. when we were recording these And again, I know I'm sure this has been said before, but I guess the fact that the store was, you know, (laughs) was closing kind of fueled a lot of it of where it's like, well, if he's upset about the store instead of closing, like he could have done this. I Mm -hmm. think that was basically the gist of it. It was so raw
2: for so many people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Manifesting in all different ways, depending on, you know, who the person was.
0: Listen, you, Brian O'Day. Brian O'Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look how upset he got in no. his episode at the thought that you might not come to the Last Supper, our big final dinner.
1: I I, I was listening to, well, I guess I was listening to, to that one in the car. And I just, I didn't pull over, but I said, I can't believe, this. is he having a heart attack? What was going on with him? Well, and he's a,
0: you know, he, he he's feels an very strongly.
1: Yeah. Very emotional, yeah. But uh, he's a
0: passionate guy. And I mean, you know, in his defense, it's like at that time, right. the thought of you not coming was at least somewhat believable. I yeah. mean, understandably, like, we you did, know, though. you were going through yeah, a lot of stuff, knew. but it's like nobody knew.
1: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, I guess because I didn't RSVP. Is that what it was? No, uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe you did. But, you know, the, my I guess I'll, uh, in my own defense, I figured like I had a lot of things going on at the time. I was shutting down a business. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I, I guess you know, I was even trying to sell the store to the last minute. And, uh, but
0: poor Brian, he, you know, he was just, he just wanted to make sure you were going to be there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, speaking of the last supper, so fantastic event. I know we talked, we, when I did the Christmas special in between seasons, we, we talked about it a little bit, but Steve, what was your impression of that night?
1: Oh, the one at the pizza? Yeah. What, uh, did, what did that mean to you? Oh, it was, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, again, it was after it's close to the end of the store. And I guess after the stores when it suddenly not suddenly, it, it it dawned on me that the store did have such an influence on a lot of people. Um, again, I think I might have mentioned that as, as in the last month, in the, in the last month, I guess, uh, people started, that I hadn't seen in years, started coming by to say, sorry, the store is going to close. And, uh, you know, I, again, I, some people I hadn't seen in 20 years popped in to say, you know, this was a great a place, you know, I I just enjoyed being here. And then when the younger ones who you've watched grow up, I mean, guys who are younger than you, uh, you know, they're coming in, they're off to college now and such, but uh, they would come in and just, you know, say thank you and want to take a picture together. And I, you know, I, I didn't even realize that I was that kind of an influence on some of these guys. Um, yeah, you know, in, in
0: my little preamble, I said about, you know, the the, the friends you loved and the gift you gave us. I mean, mm-hmm. at the Last Supper, you actually did bestow some, some physical gifts, which was incredibly <laughs> generous and very cool. But, you know, I think ultimately the gift is, you know, is each other and the community and the fact that we had a place to go where we forged these friendships. I mean, it's a tremendous gift and one that, you know, we're all extremely grateful for. Yeah. Like, As for the Supper, though, um, Bill, do you want to talk about the shirts that you had made? Well, I mean... That, not that you had made, that you made.
2: Well, I mean, I got into screen printing recently, and uh, I forgot how it actually came about. That let's do some shirts to commemorate the uh, the closing. Um, uh, Leah, my ex-wife, and I had had redone the logo to do the cracked logo that that would be in line with the way Anthony has. Uh, branded the AR logo with the uh, you know my comic shop documentary and, and keep that branding consistent I mean it, it looks good, right? <laughs> yeah And so I think you sent me the font which is like a crackle font and we yeah. did the back and we actually discussed several times what the back of the shirts that say and
0: uh, I, I have I, to give credit to, to Mike, Mike San, Gregorio. San Gregorio came
2: up with we are alternate realities.
0: We were recording the ultimate kooky quartet episode and there was a little bit of alternate realities talk and, and most of it I cut out because it wasn't really what the episode was about. But that was, he had said that at one point. I just kind of tucked that away and I'm like, oh, it's kind of perfect. And, and then it worked out really yeah, well. Yeah, it really did. And
2: so, yeah, I sent up set up like a mini t-shirt manufacturing, I don't even know, you know, plant in my, my garage where I was doing like 10 shirts at a time. You know, I think Leah and, and Logan thought I was insane. But yeah, I came to that dinner with a duffel bag full of shirts for everybody. It was great.
0: And Steve, you actually, you got a special shirt, right?
2: I think I just ordered a lot of them. <laughs> no, yeah, I but didn't get anything special? No, no,
0: no, no, no. But uh, wasn't your shirt blank? Oh yeah, I, I mistakenly gave you a blank <laughs> yeah, sure. shirt. I forgot all about that. <laughs> it was a special was so blank. Tired. It was a special blank variant. That's right. There's <laughs> was only one. Oh, man. But you know, when I was packing for Comic Con, I I brought basically all of my alternate reality shirts. That's what I wore when I was there. And I put the picture of all of them as I was packing. I put it on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. and a couple people asked, like, "Are these for sale?" And stuff, so I don't know. Maybe we have to maybe do another do a like, run of shirts we or something. We could do some shirts.
1: Yeah, well, somewhere in the warehouse is the case of them. Yeah. You know, different colors, different sizes. I have no idea where.
0: Was there anything else about that night that really that stood out to you or anything else that you wanted to share well, about it? You gave it? such
2: a nice speech, too. I remember you had everybody crying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, gee, anything? I don't know. I guess I was just touched that so many people showed up and we uh, had about
0: 45 like it was a it was good. huge
1: yeah. group it was you know it was uh, again just that the realization that uh, there's so many good people that were part of my life that how lucky i was just to go back to what the past year has been I, i've you know obviously we're in westchester county so when you go to costco or when you go to a supermarket you run into different people who shopped at the store and yeah it's, it's always nice to see these people i mean some of them you know uh like we talked about oleg i mean you know, i still order some stuff for oleg so oleg who's oleg o- oleg is our star wars uh fanatic i guess he can just... i do
0: the accent or would that be inappropriate because <laughs> 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 i really want to so badly uh, it's your show. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can i know sometimes i'm not the best judge though uh, <laughs> i need a ruling say no <laughs> I'll parent you. Yeah. All
1: right. Oleg is just a a Russian gentleman, loves Star Wars, uh, always ordered all the statues that General Giant put out. Uh, We ordered it for him. And uh, even to this day, even though he's, I guess he might be retired, but um, he still stays in touch with me. I still order things for him. And every maybe six months or so, I guess uh, we'll get together in in the parking lot of the store. And uh, I'll have, a, you know, a few Star Wars things for him and he'll just pay me and we talk for a little bit. Um, you know, all of a sudden people just pointing at you and going, alternate realities. And I don't know their names. And um, you would chat for you know a little bit. And Do you ask
0: them their name or you try to?
1: No, no, we just chat a little bit, you know, and uh, just kind of fill them real quick with, uh, you know, telling them that, yeah, I'm much more relaxed. That, uh, everybody, that... everybody tells me I'm happier.
0: That is, yeah, that's definitely something I've observed. I mean, mm-hmm. Bill, I know, absolutely. you know, I mean, I'm you've not only been you in enough, town, you know, a couple times over the past year, but uh, what's your observation? It, it's been? like you're a different person. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see. Like, I'm glad yeah, that, absolutely.
2: you know, we all knew this was you inside, but, you know, you had so much, the weight of the world on your shoulders, really.
0: Do you feel, I mean, do you feel that?
1: It took me about six months before I could finally relax. I guess it was finally around January or early February. Where I could just breathe, and um, uh, Anne and I actually took our honeymoon, which we didn't have a honeymoon. when We got married, so we went on a cruise. And um, this
0: guy went on a cruise. Can you believe that? I know. Yeah. It's not even it, a, it was
1: uh, again. It took a couple of days on on the ship before I finally relaxed. Um, but all of a sudden, because I'm just not used to just sitting there with my feet up and reading Sherlock Holmes short stories. It's just it's not in me to take that kind of time to do that. But I actually read a lot, and um, I don't know. what Can I tell you? It's just it was so relaxing, so good, that uh, I said this is this is the best. And then uh, then we came back, and I mean, it's like again, life goes on. And you still have all the problems. You have to worry about paying the taxes and the insurance and all the other things that uh, real world grown up stuff. But um, but without that constant stress, yeah, of the store, it's. Cause now, Better. but now, now I'm an old man, you know. Now, where I used, I used to work on the order form till two o'clock in the morning, now I go to bed at ten thirty. I get tired. At what time 30. do you get? What time
0: do you get up in the morning?
1: Uh, usually about five thirty, six o'clock.
0: All right. but that's that's more sleep than than you had yeah. been getting. Well, I'm
1: getting twice as much. I was getting three and a half hours of sleep, which would make anybody cranky. You know, but yeah. now I have got seven hours of sleep. Um, it's it's crazy.
0: Well, going back to Bill's question. About, you know, are there certain things that you're not selling because you feel the attachment to them? And, you know, you you spoke to that. I guess one thing I've always been curious about, and I feel we must have spoken about it at some point over all these years. But when you had the store specifically, did you consider that part of your collection? Or was there a clear divide in your mind between what was yours and what was the store's? There was a clear
1: divide. Okay. Because uh, if I, let's say a a Catwoman statue came out and we ordered six of them. Well, one of them I kept. So the other five were the store's. Um, it didn't matter if it was the last one that we were selling because I already had one. Um, I guess, uh, the the reason I'm not putting my good stuff up is I guess the thing is I've had other dealers come to the warehouse and look at it and they said, you're never going to get rid of this. I'm not going to live long enough to get rid of this. It's just so much. So, um, my thinking is that I'll try to sell whatever I can that I, I don't really care about that. I'm not attached to, uh, when the time comes to sell the rest of my personal stuff, I know it's all great stuff, not just good, just great. Mm. You know, the, the highest quality grades, the unopened things. It's, it's just irreplaceable. So, um, if I'm not alive to sell it, at least when my son gets rid of it, he knows that this is the better stuff that he shouldn't be giving away. Um,
0: if it does take the rest of your lifetime to sell what's in those warehouses, is that something that would be acceptable to you? Like you would enjoy just taking the time to do that, or is that an idea, a prospect that? Well, we <laughs> is actually I mean, we,
1: we actually talked about it yesterday. Um, if somebody were to walk in and say, "I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for everything," I'd say, "Sure." Oh, I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> no, I I say sure. mean, because I mean, again, it's all that stuff in the warehouses is, is uh, store stuff, um, primarily. And, uh, you know, the stuff I have at home, if you came and said, I'll, I'll give you another 50000 on top of that, that I might not say yes to because I think it's with more than that. But uh, to get rid of the warehouse stuff and be done with, uh, I don't mind saying I'm going to spend the next 20 years. Maybe it's keeping me alive to do that. But I don't mind spending the next 20 years putting these things up and selling them.
0: Steve, I mean, earlier you mentioned running into former customers at various places i was just at all oh yeah comics uh a couple days ago and i ran into i think he was number 14 chris DiGiorno. Was
1: you it you know there? i'm actually forgetting the numbers
0: i might be mixing up the name and number but in any it's event a, it's a good thing yeah.
2: you're, you're forgetting the numbers that's yeah, a yeah. good sign
0: but you know i hadn't seen him in you know well over a year even right. before the store had closed and we had a nice chat for a couple of minutes and it's funny there was this little moment where i said to him i was like oh is this where you're getting your books now and he goes, "Yeah." And there was just this little look of sadness. And we went on to talk about how great Aw Yeah is, but it's still that. And I was wearing my alternate reality shirt, and he looked, <laughs> yeah. and he was, like, there was just that that look. And, and, you know, so I've been going to pretty much three, it's taken three stores to kind of, like, make up <laughs> alternate realities. And even then, it's, it's still not the same. But I get my pops at Undiscovered Realm, I get my weekly books at Spider's Web, and I get trades at Aw Yeah Comics, pretty much. And all the stores are great. It's like I like going to them, you know. Paul, Chris, Mark—they're all great guys. Very couldn't be more friendly. Couldn't be more welcoming. I've done podcasts there, but it's still you know it's not my comic shop. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know you've been spending time at at other shops
1: as well. well. I pop in to say hello, and you know, I guess as far as like keeping my my feet in the business—is that the expression? <laughs> Keep my my feet wet? I don't know. Um, yeah, there there are times when. Uh, I'll talk to them about maybe ordering something together, something that's like too big. You know, I'll I'll still see, look at comic book collections, and I might not necessarily need it, but uh, or want it, but maybe they would. So I'll let them know about it. I think I could be wrong,
0: but I feel Bill. I'm gonna get your take. I feel like there's a third career act that Steve has in him. You know, he was a lawyer first. That was mm-hmm. Act One. Then he owned the store. That was Act Two. And I feel like there's a third act beyond. I mean, eBay is great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like there's there's something more that he still has to explore. What some, do you think? Some philanthropy? Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, he hates people too much I for know, that. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't, even just like dealing in large collections or brokering sales or something. I just, yeah. I feel it. C-
2: certainly utilizing your experience for something. You could definitely be a consultant if, if there was ever such
1: a thing for comic book stores. Yeah, but I guess I like to give my advice for free. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a guy contact me. One it. of our customers call, uh, contacted me. Um, he has a Walking Dead number one that was graded at 9.4. And I had mentioned to him a long time ago that if you're going to sell it, let me know. But he actually wanted a little too much for it that I thought it was worth because I think, I think he was asking 2,000. And I said, well, maybe a nine point, a 9.6 might sell for that seventeen eighteen $1,800 range. So 9.4, I thought it was only worth maybe 1,400. So, you know, we went back and forth. I gave him some advice on how he might be able to sell it and maybe even get closer to what I would have offered because I said I would have offered you 1,000 only because I knew him. I guess if it had been somebody who walked into the store, I would have probably asked, offered maybe seven or $800 for a $1,400 book. But, um,
2: it's that back and forth though that you just mentioned is what you liked, you always enjoyed when people would come in with a collection and you would yeah. educate them about grades and and yeah. the value of the 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 books. Yeah. i
1: guess i was I, I I like to think I was in a unique position that I didn't care if I got the collection or not because, in one sense, I had already owned exactly all this stuff before and sold it, and sometimes you've you've owned it two, three times and sold it, so when somebody comes in with it, it's like, well, does. You know, it might be their pride and joy, but it didn't mean anything to me anymore. And It's like if they wanted to sell it and the price was right, I'd buy it. If they didn't want to sell it, it didn't I was not going to lose sleep? And I guess that put me in sort of an advantageous position as far as negotiations for price, right? Because it's like oh, yeah, if you're
0: willing to walk away, yeah, it's it, 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 always it, the best position to yeah. be in.
1: So, um.
0: but maybe yeah, make like an advisor to people looking to sell collections because a lot of or people open, they, a they, <laughs> you know, open a comic book store. Open a comic book store, I you think you could do that. <laughs> Been there, done that. But I don't know. I feel like, and I feel like you would enjoy that. Because a lot of these people, they don't know what they have. And they don't want to get taken advantage of. And, you know, you were, you know, very honest and had a lot of integrity in dealing with people who came in with their stuff. You know, you never ripped anybody off. Not every dealer out there is like that. So people might need someone on their behalf.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'd want to do that. (laughs) No, I
0: don't don't know. I feel like this is an opportunity.
1: No, it's uh.
0: Would you be looking to do anything else? Are you really, con- you're content? I'm, I'm really, I, actually, I am content. You have yeah. your lunch circuit as well. Bill, I don't know if you follow the Alternate Realities Facebook page, but Steve's always posting photos of him having lunch with somebody.
1: Yeah, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice thing where you can get together with different guys from, you know, either a, other uh, comic store people. And we or, had a great lunch yesterday with Jay Mizell. Yeah. It
2: was wonderful.
1: It, again, to me, th- those kind of things are very relaxing. I guess the difference is that, like, you know, Bill comes into town. We haven't seen him in a long time, but it's almost like we saw him last week. You know? I felt
0: bad. I forgot that you came in for Christmas because I saw him for lunch. I'm like, I haven't seen you in a year. And he's like, oh, I think I was here for Christmas. i like, nah, you were It's been a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, what other things? I guess since store closed, got a puppy. That's been a big thing for me because, you know, when, uh, after Dad died, I brought Sheba to the store all the time so that dog was with me 24 hours. And when she died, I, I was heartbroken, cried a lot. But uh, I've always wanted to get a puppy again, and, and uh, Anne said, well, you know, now that you don't have the store, and you can spend the time with the dog, we, so we finally got one. The dog's with me all the time. Um, that's why she never gets very excited to see me, all the time. Bill came over to the house, she's going crazy. My son comes to the house, she goes crazy. She's a great dog. Yeah. She's a good, she's a good girl. But, uh, you know, she just gives me that funny look, you know, give me a cookie. <laughs> that's all I'm good for. Pick up my poop. But, uh, so life is good, but life is good, you know, and, and, um,
2: do you think you'll ever, uh, miss the store?
1: I don't miss the business of it. It was a lot of work. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, how Facebook puts up uh, memories from five years yep. ago and all that. And I'm looking and I said, Jesus, every post I put on was working on the order form. It's two o'clock in the morning. I've just finished this Marvel section. Uh, got to get up in four hours. You
0: had it. There was a period where the the posts were more romantic. When you first got together with Anne, there was a
1: whole run of those. Well, seven years ago is when we reunited. I mean, we were dating in the '70s, and then 35 years goes by, and uh, I guess because of Facebook, we uh, I guess reconnected, and then uh, it's almost to the day. Actually, seven years ago, we had a reunion for our music camp because she was uh, in the drama department. I was a violinist. And then I guess you can say six years ago to the day is when I proposed to her. And our fifth wedding anniversary is coming up uh, Friday. So um, Happy anniversary. Thanks. It's just amazing how time flies. And, uh, you know, again, life is good. You know, she's uh, she's perfect for me.
2: And, and, you know, you think about everything that came out of this. You know, you, you starting the comic shop and, and shepherding this for so many years. Um, you know what precipitated is all the friendships, the love, and and everything else. Um I, you know, one of the the periods of the store I don't know so much about, but again, I rewatched the documentary not too long ago. Was was you and Gene, and you know, Gene's talking at his own store at the time, right? What was Gene's store's name? Com- Comics Plus. Comics Plus, right? And he was talking about you know him reminiscing of you know nine o'clock, and he's just eating stuff from A and P, waiting for people to come in. You know. Tell me about that part of the store, because I, I wasn't the part early, of the store about The then. first you year. Know, like, how did you get through it? You know, how did uh, <laughs> you decide that this was worthwhile to keep going, putting money in?
1: By the end of the first year, was uh, it was going to just collapse, just close. But I put so much money into it, because I was the cash behind it, that I said, I can't. I, I thought it had great potential, and I couldn't give up. But for the others, they couldn't keep it going. They didn't want to keep it going because it was just too much of a drain. And so you bought them out at that point? Uh, I, bought up, I bought out uh, Kevin. No, I bought out Kevin, and uh, Brandon came in and bought out Gene. I guess it took a year to dig out of the hole that we had from the first year because I, I think I might have talked about it. We, you know, we were behind on all, all the distributors' bills, and I had to call all these different distributors and make some sort of deal to send them a little extra cash each time with each new bill. Till we finally took a year to get out of that. And I didn't want to go through that ever again.
0: Like, imagine if in the, in the first year, like, Steve decided to kind of call it quits with these other That's guys. What I'm Amazing. You know, we wouldn't alternate we reality. We never be here. Yeah.
1: Crossroads. Like Ritroni. Tell the story. We've told it before. Oh, we told That's the great. story. But let's get
0: your, your perspective no, on it. 19, your first meeting ni- with Ritroni. 19,
1: 1972, I guess it was. Um, uh, I, I, went to, I was 10th grade, White Plains High School. And Rich Roney had just moved from Hinsdale, Illinois. And um, and here's this new kid who, uh, I think he went to a Catholic school because when he was called on, he suddenly stood up to speak. And everybody just turned to look at him because of Rich Roney, right?
0: (laughs) It's completely Rich (laughs) Roney, 100%.
1: (laughs) But um, at that time, I was a big anti-smoker. I just didn't like uh, anything to do with cigarettes, which of course is a great irony because of Amanda was a chain-smoking alcoholic
2: former girlfriend
1: yeah but uh boy smoked all the time like a chimney but um maybe but,
0: that's ne- maybe that's the next season of the podcast <laughs> like the many loves of steve Odo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but a uh, movie with rich you know it's like the, he it just i guess I, I don't remember if he said hi i'm rich roney but i think probably my, my my first uh would have been hey hey <laughs> <laughs> hey. I don't or, think people listening would understand it, but Rich, whenever yeah, he calls,
0: they, you know, p- people, you know, Rich has been on the show a few times. People have spoken of it. People know Rich Roney.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, as much as
0: anyone can know, e- Rich Roney. Every
1: time Rich calls and leaves you a message on on, on your phone, it's a hey, hey, Rich, uh, hey, hey, it's, hey, it's <laughs> it's rich. <laughs> hey, Steve, Steve, it's Rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I don't do it well, but uh, actually, <laughs> but actually, uh, everybody who knows him understands that part but anyway so the first thing i said to this guy was not hi how are you welcome to white plains it was like you're not a smoker are you and he says, oh no but to this day he says i should have said got a match <laughs> and i and i always talk about certain crossroads of time you know different uh, different um, realities that could have happened if he had said that he was a smoker then he and i would have been friends um and you guys would never have known him and it, it was, it's it's it was an impo- it was one of those things that really made a difference. And because he said no, I don't, we became best friends, and to this day, here we are. You know, God, what are we sixty? I've known him three quarters of my life, and uh, you know, he's my best friend. It's it's just amazing. It, it's one of those things. Where it's just.
0: It's true. I mean, you know, you created the store with the other guys, but you know, you kept it going. You created and fostered an environment for us to hang out and become friends and all that. But, you know, yeah, I mean, we really, you know, can't overstate Rich's importance to this either. I mean, as has been discussed on the show before, you know, oftentimes dinners happen because Rich is coming in. And that's what sort of galvanizes everybody and we get together. So, yeah, had he said, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I just finished one. <laughs> Again, we might not be sitting here. A lot of stars aligned over the last
2: 20 oh. years, you know. But it was all you. Then, well, you no, could have walked no. away. Well.
0: Two other people walked away. it was tough thanks for not walking away that final night before you went to the dinner i guess a couple of things transpire that i want to ask you about first you got the sign down Mm -hmm. the what went into that
1: which
2: which one so we had like the the big big, alternate realities let me tell you something it was furious that last couple hours um i think we finished up a day early i want to say based on your your timeline schedule when you had to be out of the store and when we got to the very end and it looked like we we're about to like have one car load left, I got that letter outside so fast. I borrowed it from uh, Gregorio next door and said, I need a ladder. And he had the ladder and we shot up that ladder in two seconds. I started sliding that sign out. That, I knew that was the last thing that had to come out. I almost killed myself trying to get that <laughs> sign out. Do you remember that? Joe Marsiglia. Had wasn't a, there, I wasn't there. Oh, my gosh. Joe Marsiglia had to come to my rescue. I, did, I underestimated the weight of that sign. It was uh, awkward because it's so long. Awkwardly long, yeah. and I was really high up. It's like 10 feet long. And so he got on the, another ladder, and he helped me down with it. Um, and that was one of the last things we loaded into your car.
1: Yeah. I still have it.
0: Yeah, Maybe where, where the, is it's it? It's in the garage. In the garage. Yeah, and Bill, you have the neon I the have neon, neon sign. I have right? the
2: three neons, comics, cards, and stuff in my office. That's cool. I look at it every day. It's great. That is really
0: cool. It's really good. Do you like it? Does it light up?
2: No, I mean, I could. Uh, I, I cut them in such a way that all just, the connections can be reconnected. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: You were going to bust up the counter.
2: I, I know. Whatever. We the, had a problem with cutting it up, actually. Uh, we didn't have the proper tools. We were yeah. each going to
0: get a piece of, the, of, the, of counter. the counter. And then, Steve, for you, because I, so I did this with the house. I did it with AR, you know, I think the day before that. And I just did it with uh, my apartment. I'm, I'm, I'm selling it, and I close tomorrow. And yesterday, I went by. I just did, thanks. But yesterday I went by just to take one last look at it and, you know, just kind of take it all in and say adios. Did you have a similar moment at the end of the store before you left for the last time? Like, did you take no. a moment
1: to yourself? Not really, because I kept going back. I was supposed to meet the the landlord's grandson to give him the keys and all that, and he didn't show up. So I ended up giving it to the deli. Uh, a couple of days later, I was, I was supposed to meet the grandson at, at the, the store to do a walkthrough, and he didn't show up. Uh, Steve,
0: you're killing me. Tell me about how you had a really deep, profound, oh. <laughs> emotional moment before you said your last goodbye to your home of 23 years. But
1: I, I still don't. I still, <laughs> I still go back there and I see this, you know, the, the, I, I look in there because I've heard rumors that there are rats running around inside. Um, I, I, I think about maybe I'll just open the door with the key and just leave it open and see what, what other animals might walk in. But I don't, you know, that screws up the other stores. I don't want yeah. to do that. So it's. I remember yeah. taking a picture. Oh. Right at the yeah, there's a
0: great shot of you in the middle of the store. The yeah, empty Drew, store yeah, beneath Drew the fluorescent that,
2: lights. Yeah, Drew took that photo for me. And I look at that photo all the time. And we're looking at this photo, Anthony, uh, that you have on this metal. And that's the photo that I want printed on metal mm. in my apartment. It's like it, it means so much. And it's like the saddest memory,
1: too, at the mm. same time. I mean, again, on Facebook, a lot of people say they drive by the store and they always look just in case. Just, just in like case. your dream, dream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, well, hopefully
0: I guess,
2: they won't find me bald,
0: bald. Inside. <laughs> Yeah, hang on to that hair, man That's a nice head of hair You want to yeah. keep that Well, I guess maybe the better question then is When you do go to this to the shopping center now Steve, what what do you feel when you see the empty store? And you know when I ask I mean in all seriousness I'm not necessarily looking for you to say that you feel bad or sad when you see it You maybe you feel good You're proud like, of what you like you yeah. accomplished
1: something You have to understand you walk into that warehouse room and it's all set up with the back issue bins and steel shelving and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a little alternate realities. You know, I even had the signs. This is do not touch.
0: <laughs> who were who, who who those signs for? <laughs> I
1: don't know. It's just out of sentimentality. I said, oh, look, I have one of these signs. This, uh,
0: <laughs> it's so great.
1: Yeah. Steve, we've spoken a lot in the
0: documentary and your various podcast appearances. Other people have talked about them. The Odoisms. These sayings that you live by, the, the wisdom of, of Sco, and I'm just curious, now you've had more time on your hands, have any you developed ones? any new ones? Before you answer that, though, let me say, um, I continue to derive inspiration from them, uh, particularly, this, one of them really came in handy and saved me. Always have a backup for the backup of the backup. One of the worst things that could happen to a podcast host happened to me earlier this season, where I was sick, and that in and of itself is not great, but whatever, I lost my voice. It was hoarse, it was terrible, right before I had to record an episode, so I couldn't do it. But I had the live episode from Undiscovered Comic-Con, Undiscovered Realm Comic-Con, and I also had uh, conversations that I recorded at East Coast Comic-Con. So between the two of them, I figured, all right, I could cobble something together, and I ended up releasing the Undiscovered Con episode, and everything worked out fine. But I was like, it's a good thing I listened all those years. He said, always have a backup for the backup of the backup. So
1: I'm curious, any, any new ones? No. <laughs> I don't even carry singles anymore. Ugh, you're killing me, man. No, it's just a whole new it's life for me. Odo. It's
0: a yeah, Odo. Yeah. Odo this uh, is uh, maybe uh, this is ultimate Odo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know, I was, again. Step
0: aside, Ben Sito.
1: I, I used to carry um, rolls of change in my bags, and I used to carry what is it, forty dollars in singles in my pocket, and five dollars, uh, fives and tens, and I also had it in my wallet, and um, I had it in the cash box underneath the register and tons of it in a bag in the back in the safe. And then, uh, I must've had a couple hundred dollars in singles in the safe at home so that, uh, I would not have to go to the bank all the time. But yeah, I always have backup, backup, backup. And then the other day I had no singles. I had to borrow like what? $2 from, uh, oh, for the tip. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well all right yes. so if
0: not new autoisms then maybe previous autoisms that you don't need anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't need a backup for a backup or a backup anymore. Backups are for chumps. <laughs> Autoism 2.0. <laughs> the
2: other day it was raining you had no one umbrella and you weren't running. Ah, I never Well run. that's consistent. That's I never Those run. are consistent Yeah.
0: You you see, you know now I want to go through the list of autoisms. <laughs> yeah, I don't have <laughs> them like, unlocked Well, like you no, I like, do the, like, the ultimate version.
1: <laughs> they all still work. It's just that I don't have new ones because uh, I think the, the original ones kind of cover everything you need to know. No, I don't know. You don't have backups anymore. He probably had an umbrella in the car and he
0: just forgot it. He probably uh, wraps <laughs> gifts now. He he unwraps his DVDs, takes them out of the shrink wrap. He's probably doing it all backwards now. Odoisms.
1: <sighs> um,. I, I, as bad as this is for the uh, the industry you don't need to buy
0: blu-rays anymore I mentioned earlier, you know the various comic shops that that are in play here. It's funny. Oh, yeah specifically opened very shortly after uh, AR closed and I actually went there and sold them a good bunch of my trade paperbacks And they also have a lot of my statues uh, that they're selling for me on consignment But it was so weird because I went there before they opened so they were still getting everything set up and you had given them a lot of the uh, old store yeah, fixtures, no fixtures and stuff. yeah, and in particular the chairs. I sat
2: and on the chair today. Yeah, believe it or not, at all. Yeah,
0: when I went there for that first time, I and I was right sitting right there the on chair. the chair selling them my trade paperbacks, and I'm like, "This is so weird." <laughs> but yeah. speaking of all, yeah, the reason I brought that up, well, you, I, well, I suspect you've probably heard this, but uh, apparently UPS Jimmy, I ran into
2: him today. W- oh
0: yeah, I want to get your take on this, but one of our, he's one of our former customers. One of the loudest people you're ever likely to meet. I don't think I could ever have him on the podcast because I think he'd blow scream. my ears out. He'll scream. But uh, from what I've what I've heard, uh, UPS Jimmy feels that because you seem you know you seem to visit there often enough. He considers it that you've kind of given oh yeah your blessing <laughs> that you have kind of. We had this conversation Anointed, today. oh yeah, as the successor to alternate realities. <laughs> and that any former alternate realities customer trader. who goes to Spiders, Web, or anywhere else is a trader. What What do you guys feel about this?
2: Well,
1: I mean, I heard this today, so go ahead, Steve. J- Jimmy's just been a little enthusiastic and a little...
0: Uh...
2: Let's talk about Jimmy oh. for a second. Because uh, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about how the store affected people. And, and Jimmy helped us move out at the, one of the last days, he helped us move. It was, I think, the um, Saturday of the dinner. And so it was me, Steve, Jimmy, and the um, Crown Prince who was helping move out that day. Um, and, and, you know, we were moving the back issue bins, the physical bins into the storage. And at several points during that day, Jimmy broke down in tears in, in a very,
1: very emotional way. Yeah, I remember you coming into the store and saying, Jimmy's outside, he's crying. I don't.
2: I didn't know how to handle it. Huh. And uh, later on, you know, we were talking about how the store meant so much to each, each of us. And he said to me, in no uncertain terms, something like, you know, I don't want to get into a pissing match with you, Bill. But the store meant a lot to me. Or something like that. And, I, you know, and that was when it first hit me. Like, you know, obviously other people feel it very strongly. And Jimmy especially. And so it's not surprising to me that he really has latched on to the store that you yourself would have been you know the one that you go to most regularly
0: side note by the way I was really I really wrestled with whether or not to do this episode because I was so pleased with and proud of our finale last season I thought that it just I listened to it recently and I bawled cry. I
2: really did yeah so many memories came right back you yeah. know, it was
0: really a moment that, that we captured. And, and so I was kind of like, I don't want to, I just kind of want to leave it on that note. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm glad that we did this. It's It's been great to catch up. But yeah, I did want to ask you, Bill, because you, you know, you devoted that entire week to, you know, helping and, and really running the, you know, <laughs> the the final move out. What did it feel like when you were done? Well,
2: it was, it was very bittersweet right because uh on the one hand um it was we had a goal a goal in mind was to get this out before the end of the month so Steve didn't have to pay an extra month's rent and and so that was always on my mind so it was the rush to get that done and Steve had commented on that several times throughout the week it's like you know you're going to kill yourself running like
1: this but i knew that we had a you know we didn't have much time to spare it at the end <laughs> well the, the funny thing about that was like you know bill would be there before we before we got there in the morning and he'd come back in the middle of the night after I, we were ready to leave. I was constantly. I was setting up for the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. I but, mean,
2: you know, obviously, you know, so there was that emotion running through my mind, but it also was very bitter. Um, not in a bad way, but certainly with a, you know, eye towards longing, um, going to miss this place. Um, this place has meant so much to me throughout my entire life. I think the years that I worked at the store were easily some of the best years of my life, you know, from the laughter, the friendships to everything else. And, uh, you know, to close that door for the last time, it was, it was heartbreaking.
1: I'll give you the key. You can go back and open it. <laughs> you know, can I, open I, it tonight and close but, it again. <laughs> but you know
2: what? I revisit so many things in my life, right? Like, so I'll drive through my old neighborhood. You know, I'll do a lot of things the, the closest I'll get to the store now is just driving past it. I can't, I don't think I can get close enough to it. You know, it's a powerful presence, you know, I almost don't want, so moving away 12 years ago when I went to graduate school, you know, I kind of made my peace with not being at the store every day. And so in my mind, it still exists, right? I don't have to think about it every day because it's like, oh, well, it's in New York and I'm in New Mexico now. And so it's it's still there. But, you know, it's like when worlds collide. If I were to see it now, I don't think I can, I can
0: handle it. I mean, I echo those sentiments. But it's funny, as much as I, you know, I miss the store, I guess the storyteller in me kind of feels it's fitting, like the store had a finale. I had a good finale. And we got to be part of it. Oh, yeah. You
2: know? i'm glad i came up for it at the end um i think i think we had discussed many times in the months leading up to it whether or not i was going to actually go um to fly up for that and when i showed up um there was a week to go before Mm -hmm. closing and uh i had a conversation with you the week before and you had said something like well when you show up all we're gonna have to do is paint (laughs) and i got off the plane we came right to the comic shop and it looked just like the comic shop
0: that's funny because odo is not known for his optimism
1: yeah, I should have just I should have just left it there. Right? What S is? Yeah. Let let the landlord take care of it.
2: You can tell us that now. a lot of work in that week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we anything Huff for uh, or Humphrey. Yeah, a week. we
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, Either I'm going to cut this or or we're going to explain it because we can't just leave it at that. Actually, you know what? Maybe this is a generational thing. Let me ask Steve. Perfect right we mentioned rich roney earlier the legendary rich roney you met him in high school he didn't smoke he became best friends stood up every time he answered a question (laughs) a couple of times uh he's used the word uh hump hump to refer to basically like like hard work hard hard work you
1: guys really hump today yeah you guys hump today (laughs) is that a thing Uh Uh, uh, uh-huh this is an expression it is is it Oh, you've never heard? No. Oh, Oh, okay. Then it is a generational thing. Okay. I mean, it, well, it's quite yeah, bizarre. No, the, no, you should know that they always call it Wednesday hump day, right? Well, yeah, we know that. Because that's that's. The, well, it's like getting over the hump. Getting over that hump. And, and humping, it's, it's just it's all that hard work. Mm. But you, you guys have dirty minds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: all right, fair enough. Oh. I mean, going back to the title of this episode, you know, whatever happened to the man behind the counter. For any listeners out there, for any customers who haven't seen you in a while and they're wondering, like, wh- you know, how's Steve? What's Steve? Is there anything you would like to say to them directly?
1: Gosh, you know, uh, I, I want to be just say, and he lived happily ever after. But uh, I guess if this is my opportunity to say thank you to all those customers and the good people and it's you know, honored to have met you. I'm, I'm glad that you came to shop with us, uh, hang out with us. Um, I, you know, I guess, you know, even with my closing store, a lot of you expressed your good wishes for me. And uh, I, I do appreciate that. It, um, I, I, not that, uh, again, not that I'm dying, but uh, I can look back and say it, it was, it was a good run and um you know everybody had a piece of it except for the crappy guys but everybody else you know you you made it all worthwhile i'm glad I, i'm glad i did it i don't regret doing it uh, i wouldn't do it again but uh it, it was it wasn't so bad
2: i don't even know what to say <laughs> it's not the steve Otto they know such a softy in his yeah, retirement right exactly that's very nice to hear you say that happy steve happy steve
0: I guess the last thing I would say, just building off of that, uh, it was more than just a good run. I think it was the best run.
2: Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't imagine many stores end like this. You know, this was a good ending.
0: It only would have been better if he lit that match and, and <laughs> walked away. would be like, can you believe what he did? <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, I'm glad that this last year has treated you well. I'm glad that the closing of the store was the right move for you. and happy to see you the way you are now.
1: I quit Mountain Dew. That's a big thing.
0: Oh, I got to change the uh, the preamble. Then I said uh, about a her <laughs> man who came from the law and drank Mountain Dew.
1: Uh, basically, set the uh, record straight. Yeah, well, see, I, t- I turned sixty in the middle of June, and when you call a doctor for a checkup, they're booked up, so they couldn't see me till the en- uh, towards the end of August. So I said, okay, I'll turn sixty. I am going to stop drinking Mountain Dew so I can fool the doctor and get my sugar levels down. So I actually stopped drinking. I was drinking. I was. Probably about three cans a day. And uh I haven't had like like Mark, who's given up soda and a lot of other people I've talked to, um who decided just to stop stop drinking and and it wasn't it wasn't as hard this time as it's been in the past. I don't know. I had two from the auto stash yesterday.
2: Yeah, I was a little that, jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I enjoyed watching you drink those, yes. But uh <laughs> You
2: want some ice for that?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh Sometimes after you've been humping all day. You, know? you just need an ice <laughs> nice cold, cold Mountain ice dew. dew.
1: But, uh, yeah, I miss it. But I'm going to try to see how long I can go through and get through without having a soda again. I mean, I, I I don't miss Coke or Pepsi or anything like that. Never drank ginger ale or orange soda. It's just Mountain Dew is all I cared about.
0: Well, and you got to give me something better to go out on than your soda well, preferences. I mean, well,
1: you know, quite frankly, I guess... Uh, you know, what happened to me after the Don't store closed... do be a flat squirrel. I, <laughs> I uh... You know, I, because of the stress of the store and no sleep and eating crap foods, um... It was probably bad f- internally, but after the store was gone and I didn't have the stress and I could eat normally, or I I, I guess... And, and I gained 20 pounds. I was up to 190 something, and, um... So after I stopped drinking the Dew, which has been, what, about five, no, six, seven weeks now, I think uh, I lost about seven pounds. I haven't done any exercise. I just don't drink soda, and I lost all this weight. So I may be able to fool the doctor after all. And that, kids, is whatever <laughs> happened to the man
0: behind the counter. Thank you both. Don't be a flat squirrel.
1: <laughs> what a way to end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>